I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're the, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds. Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Nerds, I have some exciting news to share. We are now offering a monthly subscription service for our listeners. For the low price of $2.99 per month, subscribers will gain access to two bonus episodes and an invitation to a Zoom gathering. Additionally, subscribers who sign up for our email list are eligible to be entered into a monthly prize drawing. So what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the episode description today to get started. And nerds. We are here once again on the best couch in the land. Well, last name's best. Oh. It's my couch. Well, that makes sense. If you have to explain a joke, it's not. <laughs> you had to explain it to me because I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it is late. So. We uh, have just finished watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And apparently a short short about Spider-Ham. Yeah, yeah, at the very end of the film, at least on this, this DVD that we rented from Ye Old Red Box, there is a short at the end, uh, yes, detailing how Spider-Ham gets into Miles Morales' dimension. I have never seen that before. I had neither. I had neither. The last time I saw this was when you and I went to see it in the theater. I don't think I've watched it since then, if memory serves me. But uh, I, I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time around. I was really, really good uh, the first time around and watching it again. Uh, after seeing a, a few Spider-Man movies in between, including uh, No Way Home... This, I have to say, like, this might be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. It might be. It's really good. It's definitely top two if it's not. Like, No Way Home is is up there, but honestly, No Way Home wouldn't entirely work without the other two universes that it no. is in, obviously, so it... It's almost like Infinity War, the Infinity War of Spider-Man movies. This is true. Where this is, I mean, it's not completely original in the sense that obviously they drew a lot from the comics and even some from the films as well. Uh, just little bits of uh, Spider-Man storyline kind of nods that they made. But uh, before we jump in too far, let's 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 give a little uh, little. Uh, synopsis here so the short the short version is teen miles morales becomes the spider-man of his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities i i guess penny parker is technically spider-powered <laughs> in sort her of, own yeah, way like indirectly where she had a yeah. psychic connection with a spider that lives in a robot that her father made did i get that right uh, I guess so. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a psychic connection. I didn't, didn't know that the spider was in the robot. Yeah, well, they show that at the very end 
Well, I think she says that, but then obviously when the robot dies, she takes the spider out. I couldn't tell if the spider died at that point or if it was just a robot that died. I think it was just the robot. Or if the two were linked somehow. Uh, the spider was fine. But but I've been wondering during this watch whether or not Penny Parker is original to this film or if Penny Parker is from the Marvel Mangaverse, which I've recently discovered uh, Ben Dunn had a hand in uh, creating the Mar- Marvel Mangaverse, apparently, or at least parts of it. Ben Dunn. I'm not familiar with that name. Of Antarctica Press, um, which has been around since, I think, the 80s. He's oh, okay. done Ninja High School, the comic book series oh here we go according to wikipedia penny parker is a superhero appearing in publications by marvel comics she is an alternate version of spider-man she's depicted as a 14 year old high school student who was adopted by aunt may and uncle ben following the death of her father caretaker she pilots a psychically powered mech suit built by her father known as the SP slash slash DR, which is partially controlled by a radioactive spider that also shares a psychic link with her. So apparently her first appearance was on the edge of the Spider-Verse in October 2014. Oh, okay. So not so the Mangaverse. So just I was wondering. Just a few years before this film came out. So she was the newest. Well, actually, I don't know. By the way, we've kind of jumped into the middle of the movie. If you haven't seen this yet, spoiler warning up front: um, we're not gonna we're not gonna try too hard because it's been out for five years now. We're gonna not try too hard to go spoiler free here. So if you haven't seen it, pause right now and go see it because we've already talked about a few characters that you don't meet until roughly halfway through the film. One of whom is Peter Porker. <laughs> yes. Ooh, I'm 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 curious whether that has gotten a comic book treatment. Spider Ham. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Spider Ham is a superhero appearing in American comic books, published by Marvel Comics. It is an anthropomorphic pig and it's a cartoon animal parody version of Spider Man. He was created by Larry Hama, Tom DeFalco, Stan Lee, and Mark Armstrong. His first appearance in the one-shot humor comic book Marvel Tales starring Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, in November of 1983. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, so he's been around a while. Have you ever read any of those comics? I think so, but it's been a long time. <laughs> and I'd love, 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 uh, love to read more, more Spider-Ham, of course. Well, I love, love that he was voiced by John Mulaney. I don't know if you know who John Mulaney is, but... Not prior to this film, no. So he's a stand-up comedian. Uh, Laura and I both love his stuff. Uh, he's been doing it for a while now. Um, he start, got his start uh, as a writer for Saturday Night Live, kind of in the comic industry. And ah. he's all, but he's also done stand-up, and then he's become more famous since he left SNL. Uh, got Netflix specials, all, the whole nine yards. Uh, but yeah, he's pretty pretty well known in the stand-up comedian world but uh, I did not realize I watching this first time that that was him um, and actually I don't know if I knew too much of his comedy back when this first came out um, so that's that's pretty great <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was great he plays Peter Porco or spider ham I, I learned he was playing spider ham uh, when I watched some behind the scenes stuff but I'm not familiar with his uh, the rest of his work 
Yeah, we'll come up with him. Like uh, you can see his entire Comedy Central special on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's cool. Quite, it's quite funny. Uh, I think I've even referenced some of his bits. Um, I think recently, actually, in one of our episodes. Um, but speaking of the cast, uh, tell you what, tell you what, like this this film, which is definitely worth it, man. Like if I was, if I had a shot at being an actor in this film, I would jump on it. Like it was, this, this is an amazing script, and obviously the animation is, is just gorgeous. So it has attracted some top talent. I mean, I'm not familiar with Shamik Moore, who does Miles Morales. Uh, but I am familiar with m- most of the other actors. Uh, Jake Johnson plays Peter B. Parker, a.k.a. Old Parker, or Old Spider-Man. Uh, and he's most most well-known for uh, playing Nick Miller on New Girl, which Laura and I are actually watching through right now. It's a really funny uh, comedy series. Haley Steinfeld, uh, who also plays in the live-action Marvel Universe, uh, plays Gwen Stacy. Mahershala Ali, uh, excellent actor. He's been in things like True Detective, and and uh, let's see, he won. I believe he won an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken, for a. Um, oh God, I cannot. Moonlight, I think, is the name of the film. I cannot. I know I'm gonna get that wrong. But yeah, he was in Green Book, which a film I saw. Excellent, excellent movie. Moonlight. Yeah, it is called Moonlight. Yeah, so he, I believe, won the Oscar for it. I know Moonlight won Best Picture. And uh, he was also in uh, Season 3 of True Detective. Excellent HBO series, so I love his work. Uh, we got Lily Tomlin playing Aunt May. Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane. Nicholas Cage and, uh, as Spider-Man Noir. Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. Lee Schreiber as Wilson Fisk. And Chris Pine as the Spider-Man at the very beginning. Oh. Uh, so he does the voice of the Spider-Man who, who dies early on in the film. And uh, and Oscar Isaac apparently had a little blip in here. Uh, might have just been the equivalent of a, a voice actor cameo. I thought that was like, like dang, they, they, they got some, some rocking talent here on nice. the voice actor side. But yeah, let's uh, let's go through the plot just a little bit, and uh, we can pause as we go, and, and talk about our thoughts and reflections. Um, but before I do that, uh, if we were to, we weren't obviously we weren't doing a podcast back in 2018. We just saw it because we're nerds and we love Spider-Man. Um, and but uh, if we were to give it a nerd hat rating, like how many nerd hats would you give it out of five? Um, is giving it five nerd, hat, nerd hats out of five too many? That's up to you, my friend. You you can give it five if you want. I'm gonna give it five. Nice. So in your mind, this is a perfect movie. Uh, more or less, more or less. I actually like it. I think it works better than No Way Home. Just to give a comparison to a similar Spider-Man multiverse movie. Um. Yeah, I th- I think it works better. Uh, it uh, it's it was really good. It's a really good film. I think it was extremely well made. Um, I don't think it was clunky at all or anything like that. I think every all the cogs and everything meshed together. 
to create uh, a very well made ver flowing film hits on on all the all cylinders honestly you know has great music great soundtrack oh yeah cgi is gorgeous great acting great writing editing yeah man like i'm i'm gonna give it a 4.75 nerd hats out of five on principle i think i, I don't know that i've seen the perfect film yet so i was like how can i can i ever give out five hats i don't know but this is pretty damn close. The only other movie I've given this high of a rating is Avatar The Way of Water. Uh. Uh, which is arguably a, is, is probably a better film. Like, But in terms of experience in the theater, this is up there as well. Because it was, you know, it's a gorgeous film. And uh, it was really cool to see it in the theater back when we saw it. Right. But yeah, I think I'd give it 4.75. It's like near perfect. And yeah, I think honestly, I think I would. I think I would rate it as the best Spider-Man movie, honestly. Yeah, like, uh, I think No Way Home would probably be second, and then I think my my top three would round out with Spider-Man 2, the second Tobey Maguire film. Right. Would be my number three. You know, I rewatched the Tobey Maguire film some years ago as an adult, and I used to think very highly of those films, and I'm not saying I don't, now but I didn't realize just how campy they were <laughs> until I was older <laughs> I was like oh my gosh <laughs> that was part of the charm I feel like um, the, yeah Sam, Sam Raimi definitely had some, some camp in there yeah they definitely moved away from that with uh, the two Andrew Garfield installments right um, it had some humor obviously but definitely not nothing campy about those two films uh, but this 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 definitely has some good humor and the different characters and obviously Peter Porker brings in a bit of the, the campy side <laughs> um, but yeah I, I would agree with you I think this is a better multiverse movie than No Way Home yeah I think that is true So, let's see. So, getting into the plot. So, it's obviously the beginning of the film. Uh, we hear voiceover. Uh, I'd forgotten it began like this, but we have voiceover from Spider-Man. And I actually didn't realize it was Chris Pine first. Like, I knew that Jake Johnson did old, older Spider-Man's voice. So, I got a little confused at first because it kind of sounded like Jake Johnson. And then I realized why they cast... Probably cast Jake Johnson first, because obviously Peter B. Parker has a much bigger part in the movie. But then, I mean, if you could get Chris Pine, then why the heck not? But uh, his voice actually sounds a little similar. It's kind of got that little bit of that yeah. smokiness. And that's why I was confused at first whether or not it was actually the same actor. But it's not. Yeah, I, I thought it was for a minute, too. And then, then I realized, because I'd forgotten this because I hadn't seen it in five years, I'd forgotten that. Uh, Miles Morales's universe, his Spider-Man dies in the beginning. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. Right. Beginning to the film, right? Right. Well, I remember that. I just Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker. Sorry, I accidentally licked your microphone. I'll do it again. I'm kidding. 
I'm, I'm a little close. <laughs> okay, Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker are so so similar. The only difference is that one is younger and has blonde hair. They could have gotten away with the same voice actor playing this, the character, just a slightly different performance. But no, completely different actors. Yeah, no, and I, I thought this was great. Like, um, yeah, I love, I love Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, and um, I loved his performance back when we saw this. And I, I didn't even know who that actor was at that time. Um, I'm trying to remember. I might have seen him in one thing. I think I had seen him in Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a, it's a really good like sci-fi comedy film. Uh, we should review it sometime. Actually, it's, I think you'd enjoy. Cool. It. Uh, but he was in that. That's the first time I ever saw him in. Uh, that might have been before. I know the movie came out before Into the Spider-Verse, but I, I can't remember if I saw it before. Um, but then since then, obviously, I've, I've watched um, I'm up to season three of New Girl. And, yeah, his, his character is great <laughs> in New Girl. <laughs> but, no, some of that, some of that humor, kind of goofy charm definitely comes through. I want I want to just put this out there that the only actor or actress on the cast that I actually recognize is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not even Zoe Kravitz? No, y- you've seen her. In, uh, she was in The Batman. Oh, well. Catwoman. Well, I, I, okay, I do now, but I did maybe not know this not, until not now. Name, no, not by name. Recognize your face. Face, you you would know Haley Stanfield as well because you and probably watched. And who did she play again? Have you watched the Hawkeye series? Yes. So she she's gonna be basically, I mean, the new Hawkeye. Right. Like, um, for 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 Hawkeye. The Young Avengers. For Jeremy Renner. I'm not sure how he's doing, but I have my doubts whether or not he can uh, get back into the Hawkeye role or not. Yeah, that might be, that might be the end of, uh, which is fitting that he did the series, was able to do that. Um, so I have a feeling, yeah, he'll probably have to hang up his action movie. Although you never know. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't necessarily bring him back in some format where he doesn't have to do yeah. action stuff. And obviously they have stunt doubles that they can use as well. Um but yeah, he's probably not be doing any more fight scenes. No. For quite some time. No. But yeah, probably not. Send our best wishes to you. And by the way, Mr. Renner, I, I doubt you'll ever hear this, but <laughs> just in case you do, that wish would be very cool. Thoughts, thoughts, and prayers, and thoughts. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. And vibes, and they've got they've got a special one. Um, he does this really interesting thing where he like remodels, obviously not currently, but was doing, you know, up until his accident, um, remodeling buses and turning them into, like, these really cool community, I don't even know what to call it, like, uh, but it, there's a show on Disney Plus right now about it called Renovation. Yeah, my, uh, my wife started watching that before we lost Disney Plus. Nice. Yeah, I, I had heard about that, that he did that before they came up with the show, but uh, I have not watched an episode yet of it myself. Yeah, so getting back to the, the plot here, so so obviously we, we get introduced to Miles and his family, and uh, then 
Miles and his uncle, and um, and his uncle, obviously played by Mahershala Ali, Uncle Aaron. They go out to do some tagging, i.e. Uh, graffiti art, and uh, it's there that Miles uh, gets bit by. Oh, I had actually forgotten this part, um, but a multi-dimensional radioactive spider. Well, I'm confused. Radioactive spider from another dimension, I think. Yeah, I was confused about it. As uh, Liv Dog Ox says later in the film, glitching. I was confused about it glitching. Um, I guess it became radioactive because of the uh, collider? I don't know. Because like, it, it had a number imprinted on it, so it may have been one of the experimental ones. I don't know. Like, cause you remember like with um, The Amazing Spider-Man, like the spider that bites him uh, was an experimental spider. Right. Like they, and there was a bunch of them, and one of them got loose and bit him. They're like, there's one missing. <laughs> so this one had a number on it, so it almost made me wonder, like, did it come from the equivalent of that universe, or, or what? I guess so, and it was it was an Alchemix uh, Corporation's... <laughs> We would love to find out who is on the other side of the microphone. There are multiple options by which you can connect with us. Our Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. We are on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Makes sense, right? And of course, we are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down through the episode description and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? We welcome your feedback, including your constructive criticism. We also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time on Spotify, so please feel free to jump in and give us your two cents. All right, nerds, I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. Spider, it was not Oscorp. Oscorp does not show up, although Norman Norman Osborn does, or at least his name is Norman, aka the Green Goblin. He's massive in this. Like, like if he took performance enhancing, it did a lot more than just give him strength. <laughs> he turned into a literal goblin, like a yeah. massive goblin. Well, like a dragon, but yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, well, P- the Peter Parker in this film and. Uh, the rest of Miles Morales' universe is based on uh, I think it's called the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. The Ultimate Marvel Ultimate Ultimate Marvel universe. In in which case Green Goblin did actually transform into more of a monstrous form. So I think that's where the, that inspiration came from. Cool. I believe in the comics, uh, it was the Green Goblin and Spider-Man that killed each other, I, and uh, Kingpin was not, or Collider was not involved. But it was uh, cool how they were able to string all those plot points together. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, I can hear it because I just So, yeah, we have that. So, miles after miles, it's bit. He, I forget how he runs. I think I missed that part. Like, he runs in the super collider and gets caught up in all of that. Um, but he's there. Uh, that's right. That's right. Because it was just on the other side of of the tunnels and stuff where he was at, which we find out later is probably also why his uncle knew that that was there because we find out that his uncle's working for Wilson Fisk. As I'm trying to remember his character, the name of his, uh, or if he had one, like his character. Well, it was the uh, Prowler. Prowler, that's right. The Prowler. So yeah, he's a intelligent bad guy with a uh, superpowered suit, and um, which is apparently not bulletproof. Yeah, apparently not. Because spoiler warning, he dies later. There is no Uncle Ben in this universe, but there is an Uncle Aaron for Miles, and and he dies. Um, you know, yeah. And then obviously we're fast forwarding a bit as far as the plot's concerned, but you know, like he has Miles Morales dressed as Spider-Man on the ropes, and he's about to kill him, and Miles pulls his mask up, and then Uncle Aaron, he can't go through with it, and Wilson Fisk kills him because he's not doing the job. Right. Or shoots him anyway. He dies shortly afterwards. I assume that Peter Chris Pine Parker had an Uncle Ben, but that's not important to the story, so they left it out. And Uncle Aaron, Uncle Aaron apparently would be Miles Morales' Uncle Ben. And instead of uh, parting him with the with great power is comes great responsibility line, apparently he gets the you're the best of us, keep going line or something like that. I wonder how important that is to Miles Morales' character growth. Well, obviously, the the death is definitely, like, that's something, and he, like, blames himself for it, you know, which doesn't make any sense, you know, he wasn't even remotely involved in this case, but but he still feels that, feels the way of, like, I, I couldn't save him, I couldn't, I couldn't stop, you know, Kingpin and that, you know, that kind of thing. And um, and then the other spider character is you know spider spider Gwen or spider woman uh, as she's called or ghost spider in some of the comics. They're they're able to console him and share that they too have lost someone important to them, and so it's obviously a feature of Spider-Man's development across the multiverse. Well, who did Pe- uh, Peter Porker the Spider Ham lose though? Well, they don't say like. But he he like he 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 kind of expresses sympathy, but but yeah, he doesn't say who who he lost. I don't know that he lost anyone, but I'm just yeah. playing around here for a second. <laughs> My dad got turned into bacon. <laughs> well, you know the strange thing about Peter Porker is that he's actually a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Oh, actually, no, I missed the part that he was... So he was a spider, and he turned into a pig. Yes. Oh, never mind then. So his Uncle Ben would have been a spider. My uncle got squished. <laughs> My uncle got squished. Actually, uh, 
I think Aunt May in this universe was a scientist. Yeah, she's pretty badass. No, I mean Peter Porker's Aunt May was a scientist. Pig. Wait. They're not actually related. (laughs) He just turns into a pig and he just lets lets him stay. She just lets him stay there (laughs) and live there. (laughs) You're now my nephew. I have destroyed Richard's brain. He cannot okay. handle it. Where can we go from Peter Porker? So obviously Spider-Man, you know, the Spider-Man is killed. And Goodbye, Peter A. Porker. Peter yeah. Parker, whatever. We get, we get a glimpse. Um, we eventually find out more, but we get a glimpse of why Wilson Fisk is, is creating the Collider in the first place. And it is, he's wanting to get back a version of, like, his wife and son. Right. Who came in on him beating up Spider-Man and were shocked by what he'd done. Obviously, they must not have known he was a criminal, I guess. He'd been hiding that from them. From them. And they, you know, they run away. And, and while they're driving away, they get killed by another driver. So... The motivating force behind him is is wanting to get his wife and son back, but not his real wife, but you know a version of. So in, his, in essence, he wants to steal it, them from another. Wilson Fisk, I guess. I think if I had written this movie, I would have been tempted to have another Wilson Fisk fighting this Wilson Fisk. Yeah. But that would have subtracted from the overall plot and presence of uh, Miles Morales. So obviously, a good thing they didn't. Yeah. No. That, But yeah, that that gives some gravitas and and also some humanity to his character <coughs> as well. He's he's not just a meat a meathead mafia boss. You know, but By the way, he's got <coughs> such a weird character design. Is his back is, is like is way above his head. Yeah, he's like a, <laughs> his he's shoulders. Like a giant square with a little head in the middle. <laughs> I kind of dig it, but it's kind of distracting too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, in every iteration. Is definitely more um, uh, abstract. I don't know if that's the right word uh, compared to. Obviously, I'm thinking of like the animated series from the 90s. You know, uh, Kingpin and that was massive as well. But he, his head was on top of his body, <laughs> on his shoulders, not below. Yes. Oh, uh, maybe this is Quasimodo Fisk. <laughs> Constantly bent over. <laughs> Do they ever say, like, what the source of his... I mean, obviously, he's a big dude, but, like, does he... Is there some source of his massive strength? Like, is it just because he's a big dude? He skipped anger management. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I don't think he has any special powers. I think he's just really strong. But maybe the comics have explained it, and I'm just unaware of it. Just speaking of someone that doesn't have special powers other than a big brain. So we have Doc Ock in Miles Morales' universe uh, as a female scientist. And and we... Um, I had actually forgotten that the scientist was Doc Ock. Um, again, it's been a while since I've seen this. But I think I made the comment while they were fighting. Like She gets punched multiple times by multiple spider people. <laughs> 
and doesn't go unconscious. And I'm like, that's the one thing. Even in Spider-Man 2, this may be the one weak point in the fight scenes because there's nothing that gets enhanced about his body. He just get he's just linked to the arms. So like one punch from Spider-Man would knock him out or kill him, <laughs> you know, in, in the real world. Because uh, he's just a normal human. He's got the arms, with, you know, but if he got punched in the face, that's it. That's all she wrote, you know what I mean? Well, that's the magic of comic book movies. <laughs> I guess in in universe we could just claim that Spider-Man is pulling his punches because he knows that. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to kill him, obviously. Spider-Man doesn't, he, in general, tries not to kill villains, except for in Spider-Man 3, where he thinks he's killed Sandman. Definitely tries to kill Sandman. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, which, by the way, I rewatched that not too long ago. I, I've never thought it's as terrible as a lot of people say. Like I, I enjoyed it when I saw it. In, I saw it in IMAX actually back in two thousand seven. Um, it's one of the, actually, I think it might have been the first big movie because back then there weren't that many IMAX screens around. You had to actually go to Raleigh. Uh, it was the only IMAX in North Carolina I can get. But it might have been, well, the only IMAX that showed feature films um, around. Like, there was there was one down in Charlotte, but it didn't show feature films, I don't think. Uh, actually, maybe it did, but the only IMAX 3D around, I think, was the one in Raleigh. Which is still probably one of the best, because the, the sound, for whatever reason, like like our local IMAX here... Uh, the sound setup is just not as good as the one in Raleigh. Um, I don't know if it's just they took their time with it more. But um, anyway, that's also where I saw um, one of the places I saw Avatar when they served me. I think I drove out there and watched it. I remember you trying to get me to drive out with you to go see Batman, but oh, yeah. I didn't feel the like... Dark, the Dark Knight? Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I probably should have, but at the time... I didn't feel like, uh, I guess I've never been much of a road trip person. I, I do like road trips, I, I, although not as much, like now I have four kids, so it's <laughs> road trips are exhausting, but, um, right. but I, I still like them in general, um, but yeah, not not quite as much with, uh, with four kids involved. <laughs> uh, n- nothing against my kids, obviously, it's just, it's, it's just exhausting. So we have, uh, in this one we have, obviously we have something we've never had in a Spider-Man film before. We have a Spider-Man training another Spider-Man, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Old Spider-Man training new Spider-Man. He didn't have to figure all of it out himself. Excuse me. So that was kind of cool. Kind of cool. It was also kind of cool to see a... Which we do get to see in No Way Home uh, as well, a little bit, you know, Tobey Maguire's character. But uh, we do get to see an older Spider-Man, which I think if I... They said they've been doing it for 22 years, so he's probably around 38, 40, so our age. Right. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of a gut. Um, he's divorced and, like, depressed. <laughs> Very depressed. Yeah, has, probably having a, a midlife crisis a bit. Um and he gets pulled into another universe and is reborn. Bum, bum, bum. Reborn as a homeless corpse. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. As they pull into looks like someone dressed as in a Spider Man suit is dragging a homeless corpse <laughs> through the city. No, that's 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 pretty good. So I guess uh running out of things to say. <laughs> uh it is getting late. It is getting late. But yeah, we just thoroughly enjoyed this rewatch. Uh like I said, I, I think I would now like watching this again, even after having seen No Way Home. Which I do plan to watch rewatch No Way Home again before too long. Um which I th- I th- obviously thoroughly enjoyed that as well um absolutely but but yeah i think i would rank this just above it i think no way home i might give like a maybe a 4.25 not quite quite as high as this film uh it it had some it had some problems um uh, it did it did redeem electro though i will say and that was pretty cool like much better Electro. Than oh yeah. Than in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, <laughs> which I think Jamie Fox would also agree with. Um, yeah, just a better version of that character. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it was obviously really good movie. And uh, yeah, sad that Aunt May dies though. So yeah. So speaking of that, I know we're talking about Into the Spider Verse, but uh, do you think they'll ever make another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie? That I don't know. I, I, I've heard, you know, I hear occasional blips and rumors about it in the nerdverse, as they say, or as I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they is in this context. But yeah, throughout the, the nerdverse, you know, like I follow things like Nerdist and IGN.com, you know, places like that that are in the know. And um, yeah, I haven't heard for sure at this point whether there's going to be another Tom Holland or not, or whether he'll make another appearance. Right, right. It's it's just pure speculation. Yeah, like I, I don't know if they're. I honestly, I hope they don't do another reboot with an origin story again. No, um, no, I hope not. Like I, I'd rather them do. What well, for instance, I'd rather them do an old Spider-Man. Now I, I did hear speculation at least. They're like, are is Tobey Maguire finally going to make his fourth? film well you know his fourth standalone which dude i'd be all for that you know i I wonder if they'd bring sam raimi back for it that would be interesting that would be interesting um i'm trying to remember wasn't uh i know it was in development and uh and then it kind of went uh went to shit and uh, I think there wasn't there a disagreement between Sam Raimi, I think, and Sony Pictures or something like that, or, or Marvel Studios. On Spider-Man 4, or you mean the third yeah, one? Yeah, the fourth one. Like, And then when Sam Raimi pulled out, or was kicked out, slash, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire was like, I'm not going to do it without Sam, and it kind of just all fell apart. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I know that Sam Raimi was fighting the studio during Spider-Man 3 as well, so... I think they forced him, didn't they force him to put Venom in? Yes, they did. Which, it, he made it work pretty well overall. Uh, I don't know that the casting was the greatest, necessarily. Like No. Like, no knock on, not necessarily knock on Topher Grace. I think I just, it could have been better. 
think. Yeah, it could have been better. My only re- regret, not that I had anything to do with it, concerning the new Venom films by uh, Sony is that Spider-Man is not a part of its origin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, they were in hard legal battles with Disney slash yeah. Marvel and Marvel Studios at the time, so they couldn't couldn't pop him in there um, yet. Although he, he does, I think in the second Venom, he gets, what is it, in one of the cutscenes, like they do show Tom Holland. That's a bit. Yes, and... Like Venom briefly gets pulled into dimension so to speak and venom apparently has some sort of multiversal hive mind knowledge of who spider-man is but uh all i'm saying is that compared to what we got in the sam raimi film uh at least the tom hardy venom is more enjoyable wait there's definitely more humor yeah like between the characters like Yeah, of that, it's definitely not my favorite Tom Hardy performance, um, not even close. But it is my, I think, of the three Venoms that I've seen. Um, actually, I take that back. Of the four Venoms, I think the animated series Venom is still my right. favorite. Right. I think that treatment is still my favorite as well, of the ones I've seen, like, even down to it. Now, the Eddie Brock in that series is kind of a, a dunce. Um, but when he combines with Venom, you know, the Venom voice and stuff like that, that still works. And, um, yeah, I need to go back and revisit that someday. Like, uh, that was probably my favorite story arc from the 90s animated series. Joker here. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about the irreverent nerds. They're sitting here in my hideout, all tied up. Uh, so they can't say this themselves, but they would like you to know that there are multiple options by which you can connect with them. Their Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. They're on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Ugh, so pedantic. And of course, they are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? They welcome your feedback, or so they told me. Uh, They also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time, so please feel free to jump in and give them your two cents while they're still alive. (laughs) All right, nerds, I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. It might be their last... So, so that's our our review of uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and uh, I think it's fair to say we're both looking forward to Spider-Man through through the multiverse. Is that right? Yes. And uh, any other Spider-Man projects that might come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any of the? Oh, actually, it's across the Spider-Verse. Oh, my mistake. My Spider-Man mistake. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. 
This is coming out next week. Summary, according to IMDb, is Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. That reminds me, speaking of the Spider-Verse, um, I believe Sony's making a Madam Web movie. So, you know, looking forward to what that might bring as well. Okay, okay. Interesting. Madam, I do I do remember I think catching a couple of episodes. Oh. Sorry, I'm looking at the cast for it. So this is where Oscar Isaac came in. He was in the cutscene. He plays Miguel. Right. That's where he came in in this version. So it looks like he's going to be playing a bigger part of the next film. Uh, Issa Rae, apparent, as far as actors. Rachel Dratch. <laughs> Andy Samberg. Jason Schwartzman. Oh, Daniel Kalua is in here. So, so do you think lightning will strike twice in the second Spider-Verse movie will be as good? I hope so. I hope so. It, it is hard to, to top a really good origin story. But but we'll see. We'll see. Like uh, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful. You know, they uh, they did an excellent job on the first one, so, you know, but obviously it, it's not easy to uh, to match or top a really good first movie with a sequel, but we'll, we'll see how they do. Uh, apparently this is officially going to be the longest animated CGI animated film ever made. Really? Two hours and 20 minutes. But it doesn't seem that long, though. Or the what? Yeah, it doesn't seem too long, but but yeah, most animated films are more tracking at like 90 minutes. Huh. Um, so yeah, this one's definitely longer. Definitely longer. But no, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like, uh, it would be pretty sweet to see it in IMAX, actually. I don't know if we can... We'll have to see if it's in our budget. <laughs> we will cool. see. <laughs> it's not cheap. Uh, that would be pretty sweet, though. Well, friends. So that, in part because it's coming out, that might end up dropping as a subscriber-only review when we do that. Uh, just because it's it's coming out so early in the month, and our movie of the month episodes are not until the end of the month. Um, but we're actually, I believe, I think next month's movie of the month will be our the last episode of season three. Uh, as we're we're coming up on uh, the end of season three, we're going to do twenty twenty five episodes, and then we're going to take a week off, and we got season four coming out after that. Uh, but next week, I was thinking, because I think it's, this is multiversal, thing, so I think it qualifies as sci-fi. Maybe not in the traditional sense, but uh, I thought we'd do everything everywhere all at once. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. Yeah, kind of stick with this multiverse theme. And uh, yeah, I just picked up a copy of it uh, at Redbox, bought it for $2.50. You know, hard to beat that, but I've heard really good things, and obviously, it, I think it... I want to say it won an Oscar, I think. Definitely won some awards in award season. Like, um, I think uh, Michelle Yao, I think, won for 
Best Actress, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Maybe either the Golden Globe or the Oscars. Like, I'm, I'm not sure which, but maybe both. Um, but yeah, like it, it was very highly touted by critics. Um, didn't necessarily make a ton of money in the box office, but that that's to me, I think that's not necessarily a test of a good film. You know, like that's not a definitely not a guarantee of a good film. I mean, just look at the Transformers movie. Ha ha ha! They made a buttload of money, but I would not call them great films. I would not. Enjoyable, yeah, for the most part, but great, no, <laughs> no. All I can think of is. Autobots peeing oil on people, chihuahuas having sex, and edible brownies. And and uh, not to mention um, giant balls. Is is that from the pee scene? <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, the uh, I think it's is it the second or I think it's from the second one, Revenge of the Fallen. There's a scene where there's the world like this massive transformer it's like huge transformer like a beast apparently it actually literally broke the servers like as they were trying to render that scene it, there was so much data like the computers couldn't handle it wow this thing was so massive but then it had these two hanging balls and of course some of the transformers make a joke about it and it's like okay that's dumb michael bay I would I would have to say that I'll have to rewatch that to figure out what you're talking about, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I might go back and rewatch the first. I did enjoy the first two, though. and it, the third one actually uh, financially was the most successful. Actually, uh, made over a billion dollars uh, at the bo- at the box office worldwide, and but it was good. And it, and it had uh, I mean, as as those three movies go, it was probably better than the second one. And uh, I think it had Anthony Hopkins is in it, which I'm sure he just did that for a paycheck. <laughs> Cutting. Not that he needs it, but um, but yeah, I was like, uh, but who knows? Maybe he was like, well, this might be interesting. I just want him in the middle of it to be like, Clarice. I could become relevant. <laughs> Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that he's not relevant. I'm just saying. Sometimes actors, actresses, musicians will do something that they probably shouldn't just because they think it'll help their career stay relevant. Just want to put that out there. I'm not saying he's not relevant. Oh, I mean, Sir Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, man. I'm surprised, actually. So this film, I was just looking up box office mojo ratings like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It only made $384 million. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. Wow. That's sad, because I'd say arguably... Now, obviously, the the Peter Parker that's in No Way Home has so much more that he's coming from. And then you have the other two movies that all build up. So it is basically the Infinity War of Spider-Man movies. I think that is definitely part of why it made so much money. It made like $1.9 billion or something. I'm sure there were was a ton of um, anticipation for the return of Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that too. And um, but I think arguably this is this is a better film. Not not by much. They're both really good films. Um, I thoroughly loved No Way Home. Um, but yeah, I think arguably this is a better film and definitely as a standalone comparison. But yeah, that's kind of disappointing. But uh, so I'm pretty sure the second one is going to make more than that. Um, I'm I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict at least 800 million right now. I'm going to predict that. At least 800 million. Yeah. 
We'll see. We'll see if I if I'm right. We will speaking see. Of, speaking of movies that made a lot of money, Super Mario Brothers movie is currently sitting at 1.25 billion dollars. That thing is is been very popular. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! All right, nerds, we're gonna sign off. Thanks for joining us once again. Like I said, uh, listen out next week for everything, everywhere, all at once. Our review of that uh, for Sci-Fi Week, and uh, and then we're hoping to have artist Elijah Miller back on oh, for cool. Comic Book Week. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so he and I are talking about that, and uh, he said he should be available. So guys, be keeping an eye out. He's going to give us an update on where his art career is at and how he's doing with his graphic novel that he's working on and, and all that good stuff. And uh, we're also going to talk some uh, some comics, you know, some of his, his favorites, like Bone, different things like that, um, that he grew up loving. So yeah, it should be a, should be a good episode. So that's our, our next two episodes coming up. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, keep an ear out, as always. And uh, until next time. Live long and prosper. Sayonara. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Reverend Nerds Podcast. If you would, consider following us on Instagram. We are there at irreverent underscore nerds you can also hit us up on facebook just look us up there at the irreverent nerds that's our fan page we have a youtube channel as well once again the irreverent nerds nice and simple right and if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com that will send you to our podcasters for spotify formerly anchor.fm profile where you can send us a voice message if you want to support us financially or listen to the podcast. It will also direct you to other places you can listen, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So, like, comment, subscribe, follow, all those good things, wherever you find us, wherever you listen to us, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, nerds, live long and prosper. Avengers Assemble! I'm Batman.